Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Jason Kong here and in for Bill Alexander this week. Once again, we have Shazia Keller, who's a senior associate with WG Alexander and Associates. Shazia, how are you this morning? I'm really well. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we love having you here. You do a wonderful job. We, we really enjoyed uh, last week's show, and you've got another great one lined up for us today. And, you know, we talk a lot about uh, just the, the implications and the outrageous costs of long-term care and how scary that can be if you're not prepared for it. And you've brought someone in today, and uh, we're, we're going to dive into that world a little bit. We are. We are. It's all going to make sense, and you're going to have a clear path by the time we're done talking today. Excellent. Excellent. So who do we have in? So today we have Brad Rowland from Care Patrol, and he's going to kind of just guide us through, um, you know, some common short-term language that folks use. I know I always thought all senior living communities are the rest home, and but they're all very different and meet different needs, and we're going to start the, with that as our jumping off point today. Excellent. Brad, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you so much, Jason. It's nice to be here. Well, Shazia, where should we start? So, Brad, can you help uh, our listeners understand, and I know this is a topic that comes up frequently, but what I have found in our practice at WG Alexander & Associates is that repetition of this concept um, is is important and you can't repeat it often enough but going back to my earlier um, comment that you know so many folks and myself included before I beca- uh, became involved in this business I just thought everything was a rest home every care community was a rest home but they're all very different can you just guide our listeners a little bit about the various uh, types and what the difference is Sure, absolutely. There, there are a lot of, of options out there, which can be very good, but it also can be a little overwhelming for families. Um, the As you said uh, in the past, uh, uh, our, our uh, senior population would typically transition from the home and go into nursing homes. Uh, but today, uh, there are, there's options including independent living, uh, assisted living. Um, we have what we call family care homes, which are residential houses. Uh, and then, of course, you do have skilled nursing, which is what most people will refer to as nursing homes. So a lot of different options out there for, for seniors. And how, what, what is the difference? So it, how will I know or how will my listeners know I'm looking at independent living versus this is an assisted living facility and what what's different and what's the services and the needs that are met at each each of the various ones sure so so typically uh, as someone is transitioning from their home uh, the first place that they would they would look at would be an independent living in an independent living uh, you would typically have an apartment um, it would include all your meals uh, include activities um, so really it's more maintenance free living um, you're around your peers um, there's a lot of social interaction with others and then if people need some additional care maybe they need some medication reminders or perhaps they might need someone to come in and check in on them every once in a while those services are also available but it would be kind of an a la carte you would pay separately for those services so you don't have the 24 hour you know seven day a week supervision that that some higher levels of care could offer which then would transition into assisted living 
So assisted living uh, would, similar to independent living, would offer your own apartment. Uh, you would have all your meals provided for you, um, all of your activities uh, as well. Um, but more importantly, you will have 24 seven care and supervision available so if you definitely need help with getting dressed or or with 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 bathing or um with your medication reminders all of that is included in your monthly fee that you would pay and most assisted living communities also have what they call a memory care area and that is a part of the community that's designated for those individuals uh, who have been diagnosed with Alzheimer's or another form of dementia. Um, and I think it's important for our listeners to understand that frequently Alzheimer's and dementia care is happening at the assisted living facility. That is where the majority of it happens. So assisted living is an important piece of the puzzle. Correct, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, And and really, just because someone has a diagnosis of Alzheimer's or dementia doesn't necessarily mean that they're appropriate for memory care. Memory care really is for those who might be confused. They might be, you know, at that spot in their journey where they're they're wandering. Um, And just for the safety of that individual, a memory care is typically a secure uh, part of the, the community. Um, it's also, uh, it offers just a higher level of care. Um, there are typically more caregivers available for those residents who are in the memory care. Um, and then something that's that's a little bit of a combination of the two and, and what I'm a big proponent of are what we call residential family care homes. And these are literally residential houses that have been licensed uh, by the state the exact same way they're regulated the exact same way as the larger assisted livings Um, but they're typically they will only have either three or six residents so you're getting so it's more of a family more of a family feel. feel more of a family environment for those who are are transitioning from their house they've lived in their house for 40 or 50 years but it's not safe for them to to stay there sometimes going to a residential home is just a much easier uh, transition um, and once again you're getting a much higher level of care so you might have two caregivers available 24 7 for six residents so you can just see there's just more hands on more more individual uh, care available and then tell us what the skilled care or the typical nursing home that everyone has in their mind. So then absolutely. So that, that would be kind of your, your higher level of care in a skilled nursing environment. Um, you will have nurses available, uh, typically um, individuals who uh, might have, uh, you know, some serious uh, health issues, maybe a, a, a very bad wound, uh, might need um, IVs, um, uh, maybe some type of feed. Uh, assistance. Um, so it's really kind of a one step below a hospital environment. And most skilled nursing uh, facilities also have an area that they call short-term rehab. So for those listeners who, who have gone through this experience where maybe mom or dad you know, fell, broke their hip, had to go to the hospital, they were there for a few days, and then the hospital discharges them, typically they'll be discharged to a rehab um, and they're there um, for a, a period of time so that they can kind of regain their strength before they can hopefully transition back home. Sure, sure. And the way that I like to help my clients understand that phase is at that point, 
We are just doing intensive care to try to regulate the recovery and optimize it so that we achieve a new, I guess you could call it a new normal that is hopefully very close to what um, where where the patient was before a fall, for example. And um, that at the rehab phase, we never can be sure what the discharge plan is. It may be ideally you're going home, but if not, then you may you could be going to any of the various care facilities that Brad has. Uh, outlined for us and um, the thing to remember is it's a lot of confusing choices but where you're headed is very much tied to what the doctor recommends the level of assistance that they foresee that you'll need and that is when when we're thinking about well what's next what we're really thinking is I got to find out from my doctor or from my parents doctor as soon as possible where the discharge plan is it to assisted living is it to independent living is it to a nursing home or can we go home and so it's very um, important and uh, a time and energy saver to know that as early as possible yeah it's a it's a lot to soak in and we're going to continue to sort that out here for you we've got brad roland from care patrol in the studio as well as shazia keller she's a senior associate with wg alexander and associates and she's in for bill this week on asset protection today stick around we've got more of the program for you right after this you're listening to news radio 680 wptf You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Shazia Keller, who's in for Bill Alexander this week. And we've also got Brad Rowland here in the studio from Care Patrol. And we're talking all about uh, different levels of care and uh, you know, rest homes and uh, what's involved in that. And Shazia, uh, just before the break, we were talking about how, uh, you know, when, when you're dealing with a, a rehab situation or maybe being discharged and uh, you're not quite sure exactly what level of care you'll need to uh, take on next. Uh, but I guess the, the question that I have is, you know, when do people need to call you? When, when do people need to make sure that uh, their their assets are protected and that they've got a, a good legal plan in place? Sure, sure. So earlier is always better. Um, so right away, <laughs> but if if through life circumstances and just human nature uh, that has not been done or it was done some time ago and we're just it, it's worth reviewing what you already have to see if it's sufficient to help your family zig and zag with whatever the doctor is recommending in terms of care needs and those needs can change over time to have some basic documents in place. Um, They are your traditional estate planning documents and a review of your assets and how they're how they're titled because that will make a huge difference in uh, maximizing the budget for as long as possible and the assets for as long as possible and uh, I tell my clients the key is to have an adequate power of attorney in place and frequently they are insufficient for this stage in life and I think at this uh, phase when I have clients who say well you know we are waiting to find out from the doctor what level of care is being recommended. It seems to be a moving target, uh, but I want to get started soon. How, how do I get started? And now that I've sort of had a plan in 
place and I have a signing appointment for for documents, but I want to start exploring what the options and what the different communities are and who who has availability who can who has room to take my parent or me in so at a moment like that i might consider calling up brad and brad can you explain to our listeners a little bit about care patrol and and what you all do sure so so care patrol um we help families and individuals find that that perfect place a good safe option depending on what their their care needs are um, it's a very personal approach we meet with our families uh, we try to find out as much information as we can about their situation about what the care needs are uh, what the budget is because that's certainly important and then of course which location would they ideally like to be in um, care patrol is a national organization um, there's over 150 of us across the country and we're each kind of experts of our own little territory or area. So mine happens to be Wake County. So I'm very familiar with all of the long-term care options in and around Wake County. And so when I meet with the family and I try to find out exactly what their situation is, then I will come up with two or three options that I think would be good choices and hopefully we'll check as many boxes as, as we can. And then I'll personally take them and visit those places so that they can see the differences themselves. Um, and so a lot of times you're just educating um, families about what the options are. But I think to have somebody there with you every step of the way is very helpful, especially for those families who are in kind of a crisis situation where they've just been told by perhaps the social worker at the rehab or the hospital that mom or dad's being discharged uh, in, in a few days, what's your plan? That's where we can really come in and really help the family um, in, in that time. So um, so it's a very personal approach, and um, and, and so we, we feel like it's, it's a great resource. And the best part of it is a free resource to the families. Um, and and uh, if the family chooses a place that we recommend, then that that community will typically pay us a referral fee. So that's something that that's another thing that we take off the plate of the family. They don't have to concern themselves over that. So, Brad, I will say that I I hear clients say, well, I tried to just Google it and try to find a, a, a solution. And I just Googled uh, my parent needs care or adult living mm-hmm. and it can be an overwhelming search result uh, that, that you receive it at a moment like that. It sure can. I mean, there, there's only there's over 130 options in just Wake County alone when you you know uh, combine independent living, assisted living, um, the family care home, and then the skilled nursing options. So so it can be very overwhelming for families. How do they know which ones can provide the the proper amount of care? Um, which ones will will meet their budget? Um, so to have somebody there, hopefully with them and, and, and helping to reduce and eliminate a lot of wasted time is, uh, is very important. And is it common for the actual patient who is potentially transitioning to a care community to reach out to you or who are you typically working with? Yeah, I would say that, that the majority of the families that we're working with are the adult children mm-hmm. of, of, a, of a senior loved one. Um, and, and, and as we mentioned, it's typically an event has happened. They've fallen, they've been injured, they've gone to the hospital, they're now at rehab, and the the rehab is really recommending, you know, twenty four hour supervision. 
Um, and that's when the family's kind of almost dropped in their lap. It's not something they'd planned on, they were prepared for. And so they're kind of coming to us like, please help us. Where do we go? Where? What are our options? Um, but we definitely do help the seniors themselves, especially those who are transitioning from their home. They, they're looking more for the maintenance-free type of living. Perhaps they just lost a spouse and now they're alone and they're, they want to be around other people. Um, so we definitely help, help seniors themselves, but typically it's the adult children who are thrust into that situation. And how do you handle, in modern times, the adult children may live hours away? And that, that, as we know here, especially in the Triangle, we have a lot of, of, of our citizens who are moving from other parts of the country or that have loved ones here who live uh, other other places. So so that, that can certainly be a challenging situation, but that's, once again, it's, it's nice, I think, and comforting for the family to know that there is someone here locally that is kind of with their, their loved one every step of the way and really helping to guide them through all these options. Okay, that sounds great. I think it would be a real relief if I'm coming from out of town to help find out my parent is being discharged on Friday and I have until then to find a place to know that I'm not going to spend two days of that just trying to educate myself on what my choices are and where where do I go first to just take a tour and see is this a place that I think my family member could be could adapt to and be happy at. Sure, and and that that certainly has happened. We've had several uh, clients who have, like you said, have they're living out of state. They've got to come in in a situation they don't have a lot of time. Uh, but we can do a lot of that uh, uh, preparation ahead of time over the phone or by email, trying to get a real good feel or a good sense of exactly what's going on, what are the care needs, and then go ahead and schedule a day when that that family member comes into town. Say, hey, we're going to take today. I've got three places I want to show you, and of those three places, you definitely should feel very confident that one of them will be the right fit. And Brad, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? So the best way is just to uh, give us a call at 919-302-4429. Once again, that's 919-302-4429. And they can always go to carepatrol.com as well. Excellent. We've got Brad Rowland from Care Patrol in the studio, as well as Shazia Keller, who is filling in for Bill Alexander this week. And we'll have more with Asset Protection today. Right after this, you're listening to News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Shazia Keller, who's a senior associate with WG Alexander and Associates. She is in for Bill this week. And we've also got Brad Rowland in the studio from Care Patrol, and we're talking about uh, different levels of care and uh, dealing with long term care and uh, crisis situations and where to turn. And uh, Shazia, you know, the. The other question that I guess folks may have when you're thrusted into a situation like this, because a lot of times you aren't prepared for a, a long-term care situation, but is what, what's the timeline like? So, uh, you know, we, we know that we need to give you or Bill a call and make sure that uh, we've got our, our assets in order and that we're good to go from a, a legal side to best protect ourselves. But uh, what happens after that and how long uh, does this process take? 
I think the process can take uh, as much time as you have to give to it. But I will say in, in our practice, we have commonly seen clients who are kind of at a breaking point or their families are because they have uh, tried to determine what to do and maybe they've called a few places and they were given a list of places to go check out and to consider on their own but you don't know what you don't know so you're trying to evaluate uh, different care facilities and different care models and trying to determine what will work for your loved one but you're 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 operating blind and Brad can you walk us through a little bit in terms of in in a case like that if I've made if I've suggested if you're interested maybe Brad Roland at Care Patrol can assist you how 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 are they engaging with you and what what are the different steps that you take them through yeah so once um, we're introduced to a family you know as I mentioned the, the first thing we try to do is find out as much information as we can and one of the important questions is how much time do we have are, are we coming out of a hospital situation are we coming out of a rehab where we need to find a safe place uh, as quickly as possible? Or is it a situation where maybe, you know, a, a couple or, or, or a senior is just really trying to take their time and they want to prepare themselves for down the road and they want to know which options are out there? So depending on on the timing and, and, and the situation, um, we, we ideally like to meet with the family as, as soon as we can, uh, have a face-to-face sit-down meeting to once again try to find out as much as we can. And then based off of that, um, if we're looking at a very um, quick turnaround or if someone needs a, a, a new place uh, uh, very soon, then we're going to come up with, it could be that day, it could be that day where we could tour a few places. Um, and as far as the actual process itself, uh, once we, we we take the family to the, the community, whether it be the independent living facility or the assisted living or, or residential care home, um, we are then introducing them to the, the associates of that community, and then they will be the ones who will kind of take us on a tour, show us around. So you're going on the tour too? We'll be there with the family every step of the way. Um, and once again, we're, we're there kind of helping to ask questions, you know, maybe some questions that the family um, might not be necessarily thinking about. Um, we're we're kind of, before we go into the community, we're kind of getting a game plan. I'm explaining to them who we're about to see, uh, the difference between this community and perhaps the one that we're going to see after that. Um, and then after the tour itself, uh, we kind of regroup and we talk about what we just saw, try to get their their feelings, their thoughts on that. And then based on, on that conversation, we then kind of can narrow it down, either go to the next place or if the family says, hey, you know what, that this is the perfect place. This has everything that we hoped it would. Uh, we feel very comfortable with it. And then, and then it's over. And then it's getting them once again back in touch with that community to go ahead and, and, and kind of finalize all the details of the move. What if they say, this is not at all what I had in mind. I need you to go back to the drawing board and find me something totally different. Then we, then we certainly sure can. <laughs> it, it does. It does. And, you know, once again, we, we try to do as much uh, of our homework up front, as I mentioned, try to find out exactly, you know, tell me what's important to you. Um, Personally, I think that the care uh, really is is priority number one. I mean, you have to Absolutely. make sure that you're you're going to a place that's going to properly care for your loved one. And then behind that, I think in a, it's a close.
second. I think budget is very important. You know, I, I know, unfortunately, um, long-term care can, can be pretty expensive, but there is a place for everyone. And so you have to make sure that it fits the budget. And then I feel that third, and it's kind of a dis. in my opinion, it's, it's a distant third is location. Because I think that if you find the right place that's going to properly care for your loved one and it fits the budget, I hope that families would be willing to drive an extra 15 minutes, you know, to perhaps go visit. Right. So when you say location, you mean a little further within reason, not correct. Not not necessarily. (laughs) Yeah. Not necessarily. Yeah. On the other side of the state or the other side of the country, but it's, it's here locally, but, but maybe not right around the the corner. (laughs) So Brad, I, I think it's interesting that you said that you could even take folks on tours the day you meet them. Once you feel like you have a sense of what they're, what's going to fit their needs don't you need an appointment or do they just have an open slot for care patrol whenever you need to come in you can just come in and 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 get receive attention sure it's a little, a little bit of both and okay. and we we've taken the time to to really cultivate good strong relationships with the folks at those communities and so if we call them and say hey we have a family who desperately needs some some care as quickly as possible uh, we'd like to come uh, visit you this afternoon can you make time they, they will certainly make that time and if it's not the the folks who are in charge of of the marketing of the community it might be the executive director I've had situations where it was the head chef or it was the head of maintenance who took us on a tour, but they want to make sure that families come in and get to see their community and see what it has to offer. So once again, that's, I think the advantage of working with kind of a local um, um, uh, advocate is to help try to get people in as quick as possible. And how involved is Care Patrol once a decision has been made? This is the best option right. uh, in terms of getting the all the other logistics that have to happen to make a transition. So the paperwork that that facility might require to be completed, frequently they are asking, do you have a will? Do you have a power of attorney? Well, we'll need copies of that. If you don't have one, go get one. And our office can help with that. But how involved are you in uh, how much of a resource can you act as in terms of uh, preparing the paperwork getting furnishings or personal belongings moved to the facility? How, how is that coordinated? Because so, that's a big obstacle in people's minds and a sure. big stressor as they're, as they're, once the decision is made, then the other shoe drops. Sure, absolutely. And, th- and that's all part of the, of the process is, once again, as we're going through this, we're, we're, we're saying, okay, is this apartment going to be furnished? Is it going to be unfurnished? And so we're making sure the families are aware of that. And then um, what we do, we have kind of a network of resources ourselves. So whether it's a moving company or whether it's an attorney uh, to look over some of their legal documents or whether it's um, maybe a financial person to try to help uh, with a with a bridge loan or, or something like that, We're, we are helping the families, putting them in touch with individuals and other resources who can help them uh, along the way. And we're certainly helping them gather the proper paperwork. We're letting them know you're going to need certain documents from your physician. Um, and, and then at the same time, the, the representatives of the community are, are, are really letting them know as well what they're going to need to do as far as paperwork. So we are with them every step of the way. Even after move in, we're following back up with the family. We're checking in, make sure everything's going well, make sure the transition has gone smoothly. And if there's anything else that we can we can help them with. I'm sure our listeners find it comforting to know that it's not just, OK, we decided on 
mom and pop independent living or assisted living and now brad has evaporated <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i mean it really is we, we like i said we, we are we really are advocates we're guides we're, we're there for the family for whatever they need i mean mm-hmm. we're available for for however we can help i mean i really feel that our our, our number one job uh, if you will is to provide the family with as much information as we possibly can so that they can make a good informed decision but it, for those families who are in crisis situation <laughs> i think just right. having somebody there to help them is very comforting sure sure yeah that goes a, a very long way and again we've got brad from care patrol in the studio here if you need to get a hold of him 919-302-4429 that's 919-302-4429 and we've got shazia keller in for bill today and we'll take a quick break and we'll dive into a little bit more on the budget side of where to go when you uh when you need to find these various levels of care and we'll do that right after this you're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You can always find more information about Bill and WG Alexander and Associates at wgalaw.com that's wgalaw.com and we've got shazia keller in for bill today and shazia is a senior associate with wg alexander and associates and we also have brad roland from care patrol in the studio here and uh shazia we're talking a lot about long-term care today and uh how uh these crises can be overwhelming and how it's important to have someone uh, anyone really to help guide you through, uh, whether it's through the the financial and legal side or through the the care side and finding the right facility for you or a loved one, and you know the uh, when you're in this crisis mode, we've kind of gone over of okay, how do we decide where to go next? But then logically, the next question for me is, uh, what can I afford or can I afford this, and and how do I pay for this? You know that that would be probably a, a time when folks need to get a hold of you, Shazia. They, they can reach me if they're already working with Brad, then maybe there's already, but Brad, do you usually do a discussion of budget at, at some point in your process? Sure, absolutely. I mean, it is definitely a, a big part of it, as we mentioned earlier. Um, long-term care, and there's no secret, uh, can be expensive. And, and when you really kind of break it down and see, you know, what the the community is offering, I mean, they're providing 24-hour care, all your meals, um, it, it certainly can get up there. But there are a lot of different ways um, that, that families can can pay for that. I mean, certainly private pay is is probably the most common. Um, when it's private pay, are is there any margin to negotiate the quoted rate when you do the tour? There, there is, there is. Uh, a lot of it just depends on the availability uh, at the community. Um, sometimes they're running incentives, you know, uh, move someone in this month and we'll waive certain fees. So once again, that's that's what we're what we're doing is we're we're trying to find out, you know, who, who's willing to negotiate, and so we try to help uh, uh, the family uh, get the best p- price possible. Um, but part of that 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 meeting process, uh, as I mentioned, and trying to find out exactly what is the 
budget, we try to come up with different ways that, that the family can, can fund this. And a lot of times it's referring them to someone like yourself to try to help out. There might be VA benefits that, you know, a lot of folks aren't familiar, but there is a benefit out there for uh, veterans and their spouses um, if they'd served in a wartime. And so um, that's something that once again, we would, we would refer them to you to let you kind of help with that. And Brad, Brad has referred clients to me for that specific purpose because there is quite a bit of misinformation or confusion about who can qualify and when. And in my view, uh, I've helped probably six or eight families in the past year access these benefits and all of them could have received them at least a year sooner had they known to apply. So I I did some rough math one day, and I think between those families, maybe sixty dollars to $70,000 of just foregone benefit by not applying early and not kind of getting your ducks in a row and and making the strongest application so that it is uh, approvable and uh, just sort of gets the benefit flowing. And so those benefits can be a huge help in uh, in in care planning because that is a, the the VA benefit it's called a pension program but it's really a reimbursement for recurring medical costs that a veteran or their spouse um, or their surviving spouse in the case of a widow or wid- a widower um, can access and then so there is always this question of if if it just becomes an unsustainable budget model can we apply for medicaid at some point down the road and that and that answer is typically yes uh, in some cases uh, depending on the program income can be an issue and it's important to know that that might be an issue so we need to plan differently because some some uh, programs may not be accessible or available but when they are it's important to know because then that that sort of informs the direction that you're going to go in today. Yeah, Shazia, uh, when, I want to back up a little bit sure. because when you mentioned that uh, that VA benefits piece about how uh, mm-hmm. seven or eight families have come to you and basically they, they could have been getting these benefits a year earlier. How, how does that happen? Can you give us an example of uh, sure. maybe an instance of where that sure. happened? One family in particular had done months of research to determine is my parent avail- uh, eligible mm-hmm. and thought probably not um, ever going to be available uh, or eligible. I apologize. And so uh, availability and eligibility, it, it, people don't know it's there or they think I can never qualify uh, because the there is a misconception that you have to have served in the actual war zone or you have to have served longer than needed it's really an at 90 days active duty one day during a war period requirement um, when we're talking vietnam and earlier so this particular family just thought my parent is never going to be eligible and then when they came to us and i said actually i think i think you are um he said, uh, now that I understand, I realize I should have been here a year earlier because when my parents needed five hours of home health and assistance in their apartment, we could have applied at that stage and and, and uh, gotten reimbursed for those costs because they were eating up all the household income just funding that piece. 
because they weren't, you know, they they had some assets, but they didn't really have a lot of income. So that's just one example. But typically it's because people think I'm not eligible or I'm not sick enough yet because I'm still at home. Right. So even if you're if you've that question is is uh, sort of forming in your head, that's probably the best time mm-hmm. to uh, set up an appointment with you or Bill to just ask the question and right. you guys can find it out. Right. And one of the things that I really appreciate about Brad and Care Patrol and many other organizations is they have talked with me enough to understand there's something here that needs a harder look. I don't want to learn all those details, <laughs> but I know where I can send these people so they can get the straight answer. And sometimes the answer is not what we want, but then it's important to know that too. So then we can plan accordingly and go back to someone like Care Patrol and say, well, my budget isn't quite what I thought. The VA benefit didn't work in my favor in this case. But so now what else do you have? Mm-hmm. Exactly, and, and that and that's and that happens a lot as well. Mm-hmm. We think the budget is one thing, but then we realize later on maybe it's not. And that's once again, there are plenty of options out there. It's just trying to find that right one that's a good fit. And Brad, so as care needs change, if you place someone in independent living. And as health conditions change, can families come back to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. There, there, there are several situations where uh, folks might be living in independent living. And um, and, and typically, they can live there for, for a very long time, um, especially if they can uh, go ahead and afford the additional care that might be required. Um, typically, though, we see uh, individuals who might have a diagnosis of Alzheimer's or other forms of dementia. You know, they can live uh, safely in independent living living up to a certain period. And then if they start to wander or they're confused or they can't find their apartment, a lot of times the independent living community themselves might contact the family and say, hey, you know, your mom and dad, we, we've really seen a big change. We don't know if we're really, you know, the appropriate place anymore. And then that's when we can then help the family try to find, you know, that next that next place. And at that point, the funding question is different because now we need a higher level of care, Correct. which is typically more expensive. It's going to be more expensive. And at that moment, Brad has my cell phone number and he will text me (laughs) and say, do you think this person could get on Medicaid? Right. (laughs) And And, and we go from there. Right. And and there there certainly are assisted living communities in our area that will accept Medicaid. Some will accept Medicaid, uh, you know, from an individual coming in on Medicaid. And then some others will say, hey, if they've got uh, a little bit of money where they can afford to pay us maybe for a year or two years. And then if money runs out after that period, then we will transition them into Medicaid. So it's it's knowing which ones will will do that. Right. And and at, at, when we are at this juncture, I think coming into our office is critical because we may be able to help in in what the real life situation of Medicaid and finances is going to look like how we can plan ahead because we're all familiar. I think most of our listeners are familiar with a five-year look back. And if we just document our expenditures well as we go, then the five-year look back often doesn't have to be a problem. And so at a minimum, I would be urging our listeners to hang on to receipts, hang on to invoices, especially for larger expenditures, just in case that the, you know an ounce of prevention is just worth so much um, you know savings of heartache and stress in in the long run it feels like a pain to hold on to all of that but it's uh, much less painful than the consequences of a five year look back 
causing some bad news in a Medicaid application. Yeah, it, it could be catastrophic if you uh, if if you don't meet the uh, the criteria if you're unprepared. And a good way to get prepared is to head over to wgalaw.com. That's wgalaw.com, and uh, you can sign up for one of Bill's free seminars. Uh, the next one coming up is on June 13th. Uh, we'll be, we're talking plenty about that on the show every Saturday here on Asset Protection Today, so you can tune into that, or you can sign up, register in advance. WGALaw.com is the best place to go. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Shazia Keller in for Bill today. Stick around. You're listening to News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Shazia Keller, who's in for Bill today. And uh, just before the break, I mentioned that you can go to wgalaw.com and register for the next free seminar that's all about uh, how to uh, uh, basically benefits available to those who are dealing with a long term care crisis, uh, VA benefits, which we've talked about today, and Medicaid. And uh, the next available session is going to be on June 13th. 13th and Shazia, uh, you're, you're going to be running a couple of these seminars, aren't you? I will be running the uh, 10 a.m. and the 2 p.m. And I really look forward to meeting everyone who can make the time to attend. And anyone who thinks that this is going to happen someday and I want to be ready should be thinking about coming out to the seminar. We can handle a crisis, but it's so much easier on the family and on everyone else if we plan ahead and, and get started early. And a great way to do that is to just figure out the lay of the land by attending one of our seminars. Excellent. And if folks want to connect with you uh, in the meantime and sort of get a, a feel for what you do and the, uh, the things that you're watching in your world, they can connect with you on LinkedIn. LinkedIn yes, right? I would love for our listeners to connect with me on LinkedIn because that's where I give you updates on my successes and my challenges and words of wisdom, if you will, uh, on, on the journey uh, as we help our clients along through this process. We are just about out of time. I want to uh, really thank Brad Rowland from Care Patrol for coming in. Brad, thank you so much for uh, exploring this world for us. I know it can be overwhelming for people who are in a situation like this, but it's great to know that there's a free option available to, to those who need some guidance or assistance. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jason. It was a pleasure being with you today. And, and as you mentioned, I hope people will take advantage of a, of a free resource. Yep. 919-302-4429 to get a hold of Brad or the folks from Care Patrol. 919 919- Three zero two, four four two nine. I want to remind everyone you can catch Bill on the TV tomorrow uh, with his Money Secrets TV program on the CW22. That's at 8 a.m. on Sunday morning. And it's tomorrow morning. You can catch that. And also, uh, you can pick up Bill's book. He's got a, a book out called Money Secrets as well. You can find that on Amazon. It's available for purchase for you. A good way to get some financial tips from the, the master himself, Bill Alexander, who uh, will be back with us next week. And we hope you will, too. We do this program every Saturday morning at 11. And thank you so much for listening. On behalf of Brad Rowland from Care Patrol and Shazia Keller with WG Alexander and Associates. I am Jason Kong. Thank you so much for listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a great weekend.